Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Believe. I'm Onyx Stone, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're having a good day, that things are as well with you as they are. Just wanted to say thank you. Looks like we have a whole lot of new listeners. I'm like, okay, two, two, beep, beep. Anyway, um, wanted to invite those that have been listening to please go ahead and share the podcast. This will be our last recording for season one. Like, I feel like season one, where did the time go? Well, it's over. (laughs) That's where it went. Um, But yes, this will be the last episode until we meet again in a few weeks. Want to continue to grow, of course, organically. And that can't happen without you. So again, thank you for your support and listening over these past three months. Thank you to those that have shared. Um, Please continue to share the podcast. Um, Anyway, I want you to continue to be well, be safe, but above all, I want you to be whole. What does it mean to be whole? I've talked about this before, that wholeness for me is everything fractured coming back to where you can't see what was broken or out of alignment in the first place. And the way to visualize that is to take your hand. Um, and spread your fingers out. And you see your palm, you see your fingers, they're spread out. And then bring it in a fist. And you don't see that separation. You don't see that um, those spaces. You don't see that brokenness any longer. Um, that is what it looks like to be whole. That is my visual aid in thinking about wholeness. Um, Another word for what we just saw was scattered, Um, sort of all of the fingers, even though they're attached, kind of all over the place. But in this season of pandemic, what does it mean or what has it meant to you or people you know to be scattered, hurried, frantic, exhausted, and weary? Um, And if this was your normal pre-pandemic, How has that served you in the pandemic? I keep going back to this question about who do you want to be on the other side? And let me just pause for a minute. I know that it currently looks like, at least in the United States of America, that we ain't getting to the other side. It looked like we are stuck in the middle of nowhere with no direction, no supplies, no resources, no leadership. I got all that. I know. But we are coming out of this. And one of the things that I have been hearing from people, and it's very disturbing to me, it's like cancel 2020 is over. We're in July. What are you talking about? We got to get through July, August, September, October, November, December. Six more months. What are you talking about canceling? People are so negative in the things that they think and they say. And okay, it's been a rocky few months. So you're ready to just throw away the whole year. 2020 is still the year of vision. 2020 is still the year of blank. You fill in the blank for what you have declared about 2020 over your life. But who do we want to be on the other side? Um, I think for many of us, the pandemic is really highlighting who and what we are. Um, For people that were already shallow, now they just empty. 
that's so sad um um I, I can't listen anybody who knows me knows I love to shop I love to run around I mean it's nothing for me to drive an hour hour and a half out to a mall a store to go get something like who doesn't do that right um I wish I would go into the mall what this woman stopped me at work she was like have you been to Macy's I was so offended that she asked me this I said Macy's she was like you should just go they're having a great sale I said there's nothing in there that I want nothing there's no reason for me to be in a mall I wanted to tell her but I didn't but I wanted to say it's no reason for you to be in a mall right now either this is why it looked like we ain't gonna get out and get to the other side um but the pandemic is highlighting so much in us bringing things out um the death toll absolutely out of control and I I I I have to remember um, while we're talking about the numbers of over 130,000 people here in America, those are 130,000 children. They had parents, they had families, they had friends, they had loved ones, they are sons, they are daughters, they are husbands, they are wives, they are sisters and brothers and sorority and sorority sisters and fraternity brothers and 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 awesome teachers and doctors and nurses, right? So this this high number of people that have died um you know I have to to sometimes pause and remember even though I don't know all of their names I certainly can't keep a running tally of that in my mind but pause and remember that this was somebody's child um and that somebody somewhere loved this person I believe the pandemic is really revealing um what we think about God, ourselves, and other people. And unfortunately, we know this, that people are just so selfish. Um, it's ridiculous how self-centered, how selfish, how self-righteous um, people are and um, with no regard, no regard for themselves and no regard for others. And um, with the, the, the mass amount of deaths that we have had in the pandemic I really believe God is saying how are you going to treat people um this how, how are you going to treat people how will we treat those who survive who come out of this and just remember that people will be grieving. Um, I shared a few episodes ago that I lost someone very special to me, someone that I loved very much in the pandemic. And I will tell you that COVID grief is very ambiguous. Like it's, I'm still trying to place it and figure it out for myself because, you know, we are used to in our society having these formal rights of, of what happens when they there is a body when a death has occurred. Um, COVID grief really does not allow for any of that. And yet there's this lingering feeling of this person that you loved and they are no longer here. And so as we're processing this, remember that people are grieving, whether they tell you are, they tell you they are, they whether they tell you they are or they don't tell you they aren't, they are grieving. Um, people are traumatized, people are angry, people are stressed out. And take a moment, 
Breathe in, breathe out. Do some breath work, right? You are in control and it's okay, right? Because the same thing that you and I are feeling, other people are feeling, we want to learn how to be gracious. And so that gives us the opportunity, if we're being gracious to others, we have to first be gracious to ourselves. Where are you in this season? Um, Are you struggling? Are you doing kind of okay? Have you managed to keep afloat? Do you know that you're at the, the wit's end and you just can't take it anymore? Where are you? Be honest with yourself. Um, Treat yourself nice, please. Treat yourself nice. Love on yourself. Be gracious and kind to yourself. And then you and I can treat others accordingly. Um, The pandemic has reminded me, though, of things that I have been talking and thinking about with select people for years. Oh, my God. I've had even by myself, like I've had these ongoing conversations and the pandemic has reminded me of a few things. Number one, I am worthy of a leisurely life. That's right. Number two, I think this number zero. I'm going to enjoy retirement. Ooh, ooh, Lord. And the other one, rest is holy. Today we're talking more in depth about rest. But I'm worthy of a leisurely life. You know, where do our thoughts about work, busyness, and hurriedness come from? Where do we get those thoughts? Usually we've probably seen someone model this behavior, whether it was to their own detriment or not. um, And we pick it up. And so this idea about a work ethic, I will tell you my first real job, like, but I guess any job you get a a paycheck from is a real job, huh? But this was like my first adult job. Um, I'd had several other jobs. I've been working since I was 16. That's why I know I'm worthy have a leisurely life and I'm going to enjoy retirement. Hello, somebody. But um, my first real job was at the telephone company in Houston. And I had this manager, may he rest in full power, loved him. His name was Roy Merchant. Uh, Roy has long since been resting with the ancestors. And one thing I liked about Roy was that I knew even though he was always checking and correcting me, he always did it from a place of love. And I'm the type of person, if you are coming for me in love, you can come for me because that's what I'm familiar with and used to, um, you know, from my parents and my family. But he wrote me up my little boyfriend at the time, his fraternity had a uh, event. The next day I decided I didn't want to go to work. I called him sick. I mean, what can you say? I was 21, right? I was supposed to do that. And it was the weekend. And, and he just waited. I mean, I had called out sick a few times. He politely brought me into the office laughing, kiki ha ha with me. And he said, just out of nowhere, he said, Lillian, I'm going to write you up. He said, because if I don't write you up, he said, your black ass will not be able to keep a job. And I was like, OK, and went right on into the meeting, put me on what they call a performance notice, a PN for six months. For six months, I could not miss and I could not be late. And after six months, guess what? Perfect attendance. He taught me how to. What he said was, if you're going to miss a day from work, you're going to be out sick. Be out sick for the whole week. It's one occurrence. But this sick one day, come back sick another day. He said, don't do that. What could I say? 
And he really gave me some different foundations for work and how I thought about work. He was he was a black man, but he was mixed with something. But he was the first person I openly heard talk about tokenism in the workplace. He will go on to become a director of AT&T. I have nothing but love and accolades for this man who taught me a lot um, about who I am and even some of the ways in which I lead. Um, but he was he was fun. And so I'm going to enjoy retirement. Also getting back to this thought, the constant reminder that rest is holy. Mm. Sit in that. Rest is holy. And God rested. God rested. Um, if God rested, what are we doing? I know, just some folk, just scattered all over the place, running around, frantic, hurried. <sighs> and God rested. Right? What is your truth about rest? What is your truth about thinking about um, your sort of work ethic and a leisurely life? And by leisurely life, I mean that, you know, life should not be one where we're burdened and toiled. I preached on that this past Sunday, right, that Jesus said, I will give you rest for your soul. Um, Learn from me. And so what did Jesus do? Jesus got away by himself. He practiced self-care. He modeled it for the disciples. He modeled it for the crowds. And it just seems like even today, you know, we just missed that. Of course, folks, some folks probably saying that ain't in the Bible. I'm not going to argue with anybody today, but rest as holy work. And it is holy. Um, I was in my 30s when I discovered the beauty of naps. Um, I'm a Jamaican American and like many people who watch TV in the 90s, grew up in the 80s and the 90s, I grew up watching and living color and they had this um, West Indian family, the hardest working West Indian family, the Hadleys, and they were depicted as this family that had about uh, four jobs, no less than two, and they made us laugh with their slogan, you know, hey man, time to go to work. And even when I would watch it or, you know, my father, he would watch it, too. I was like, my daddy don't work like that. Like, um, you know, yeah, we, we grow up thinking that work is something that it really is not. And many of us may have replaced work with leisure as a way to fulfill what is lacking or missing in our lives. What work is not? It is not your identity. It is not your worth. It is not your life. It is not your identity. It is not your worth. It is not your life. Work is something you do. And whatever we do, we should always do our best. It is a place where you are paid for your skills, knowledge, abilities, and hopefully you are paid a nice value. Translation, dollar amounts and ducats for the work you do. Um, work is a vehicle that allows you to support yourself, your family, and contribute to your lifestyle. The problem is that for many of us, work actually decreases our lifestyle. It makes us question our worth and the value we bring to the table and sometimes work is a health risk. How many people are stressed out about a job? Not a career, not a business, 
Not a family legacy, but a job. Obesity. I, how many of us have just gained weight because at work, there's always a party. We're always eating out. We're always eating from. Now, be careful about eating from them folks at your job. Especially in the season of pandemic and post-pandemic. Be careful about eating from folks. But, you know, ordering out, doing all these things. For many of us, work alters our mood, right? That we don't know how to cut off when we leave that job and comport into back to who we want to be and we carry that into the house with our families with our children that's where a good therapist could help you you know boundaries and balance work is time consuming I'm disturbed when I hear folks like they think it's normal to work 70 80 hours a week really not only do we need boundaries around our lives we need boundaries around work Remember, I talked about boundaries in the ABCs of healing and wholeness. Boundaries is B. What are boundaries and who are they for? Um, We are not taught these things. We are not taught that rest is necessary for us to be our best. Several years ago, I read the book Thrive by Ariana Huffington. I was blown away that this white woman was basically saying, sleep, take a nap. Rest, but she didn't have to tell me that because I was already thinking like that. Um, but one of the things that I remember specifically about her book was, you know, she has a certain time. This woman, global, she is running businesses, global entities. She leaves her cell phone outside of her room. So when she goes into her room at night, right, her, her, her mind, her body, her spirit is set to the rhythm of rest she's thinking about that and I will tell you probably at about nine o'clock at night um I leave my phone and everything the electronics in the office I don't when I wake up first thing in the morning I do everything I need to do whatever you need to do when you wake up the first thing I need to do is usually go into the restroom um it might be 15 20 minutes before I get to that phone and somebody said well how do you know somebody's dead I don't mean no harm but What can I do in the middle of the night? Nothing, right? That I don't have to be attached to these things that are really draining, right? I don't want to wake up in the the middle of the night and see what people on social media talk about because I don't care. We have to learn how to put boundaries around these things. So we're not taught that rest is necessary for us to be our best. We're not taught that rest is needed to redefine who we are, what we want, and how we can go about getting that. And we're not taught that a lack of rest, those are signs of a raggedy life. We're not taught that. What we are taught is that rest is a sign of being lazy. And I just want to tell you, stop listening to those people. Rest is not a sign of being lazy. God rested. God who created the entire world then rested. Again, what are we doing? We are taught that rest almost is an indulgence, right? Like we have to earn rest. Actually, we don't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. 
We act, people act as if rest is not something we need. It actually helps us in our inner workings, the part of our bodies that we can't see, right? I know we have flesh and skin and we always talking about melanin and all of that. I love it. I'm melanin din din. But um, you know, there's a part of me and you that none of us can see, our spirit person. And I wonder what he or she looks like. Right? I wonder what that person looks like fatigued worn down so rest rejuvenates your cells that supply the blood the oxygen we have to start thinking about health in new ways um these things need to shift because what we have been taught needs to be examined and it's okay mama could have told you grandmama could have told you daddy could have told you um it chances are everybody doesn't know everything because They aren't the experts on you, right? We live in a very different time than, say, 15 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, And if we think about rest, right, and leisure, then as gifts, every good and perfect gift is from above. And God gives us good gifts. God gave us rest. And more importantly, God rested. How do we accept gifts? How do we accept gifts? How do some of us even accept compliments, right? How do we accept gifts? God rested, you can rest. You can define what rest looks like for you because you are the expert on about pertaining to concerning you. The experts say, and I just skipped right on over what they said, but I'm gonna tell you so you can go look it up since you're not gonna believe me, but the experts, the Mayo Clinic and the Sleep Foundation suggests 20 to 30 minutes of nap. I myself am about uh, at least one hour until I wake up type nap person, but I've never taken a 20 to 30 minute nap. But I have paused for 20 to 30 minutes and that also has been um, restorative and rejuvenating to myself. This, this this idea of rest, that it's not always about getting a nap or sleeping, um, but um, being in that mode, that mode, that mode where you're just in, first of all, you're present and you're enjoying the moment and you're not idle thinking about or doing, you're just simply in the calm and the state of being. And I just want to say, and I'm not saying this to be funny because I know there are people out there like this, um, if by any chance, Anyone feels they need to discuss or talk with anyone about taking a nap, then this is not the conversation for you. If you need to get someone's permission, um, that then it's not for you. Again, you are the expert of you. The experts say, and I thought this was funny, they say you can wake up from a nap, a nap groggy or confused. Yeah, that's never happened to me. I always wake up thinking like, man, that was a good nap. And they said, you might not be able to get a good night's rest. That's a lie. I can take a two to three hour nap. I guess somebody would call that sleeping, but I'm calling it a nap. I can take a two to three hour nap and go to bed for a full night's sleep. Absolutely. Um, And And remember, all of these things are us practicing who we want to be. Um, The least we can do is try. I'm going to call it pandemic practicing. 
who do we want to be when this season is over, right? Um, That's really what we're doing, practicing who it is we want to be, practicing the life we want, practicing um, for us to be in a more peaceful, serene, and calm state, being not scattered and all over the place, but in a state of wholeness. And wholeness to me is absolutely a healed life. And one thing I know about wholeness and healing is something that you and I will be working on for the rest of our lives. So that's all I had to talk about on that today. So a few housekeeping things. Number one, I have an email address. I'd love to hear from you. It's onyxstonepodcast at gmail.com. Again, the email address is onyxstonepodcast at gmail.com. We will be back sometime late August, early September for season two, talking about family. Yeah, those people. No fear. Um, We're looking at television characters and um, maybe we can see ourselves in some of these people. Um, Anyway, today marks my 27th episode. I can't believe it. Please, if you haven't catch up on season one, send me an email address so I can send you the subscription information for the website that is forthcoming. And now for the giveaways. Yay, I love giving stuff away. So for those that are interested in winning the 1619 magazine that was done by the New York Times last year in August of 2019, I have three to four copies that I am going to share with you as we are doing this work in this historical time in our nation. So here goes the questions out of the two rooms. This is the first question. Do I have any questions I have? Let me see. Mm, 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 mm. Six questions. Out of the two rooms, which one was my energy best used for? Question number one, out of the two rooms in the house, which one was my energy best used for? Number two, God wants to restore the original in you. God wants to restore the original in you. These two words mean the same thing to me. These two words mean the same thing to me. Believe was originally supposed to launch when and what was the original focus? Believe was originally supposed to launch when and what was the original focus? I want to offer, I want to offer, and finally, we fail to listen to these voices. We fail to listen to these voices. Let's go over the questions one more time. Email me the following answers. Out of these two rooms, which one was my energy best used for? Question number one. Question number two, God wants to restore the original blank in you. Question number three. These two words mean the same thing to me. Question number four, believe was originally supposed to launch when and what was the original focus? Question number five, I want to offer blank. And last but not least, we fail to listen to these voices. Please go ahead and email me again. The email address is 
onyxstonepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I actually will probably just come on and do another little blurb saying who the winners are. Um, so for everyone that emails, I'll drop your name in a something. Have somebody pull it out for people. The New York Times Magazine copy of the 1619 Project. I am eager to share this with four of you. If you have supported me and listened to me, please go ahead and share the podcast. We'll be back for season two shortly talking about family. It has been so fun, so real, and so very therapeutic for me to be with you and spend time with you in this season. Whatever you do, keep believing. I'm a witness. Keep believing. I'm Onyx Stone. Until next time, enjoy your day.